Welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This? I'm Casey. I'm Liz. And I'm Alec. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhood. This week, we're talking about one of my favorite things in the world, Power Rangers. Yay! When we started initially talking about this podcast, this is truly the first thing that came to my mind. I'm obsessed with it on so many levels, and I'm so excited to talk about it. As a former roommate of Casey's, I can attest to this. (laughs) As someone who has known Casey for more than five seconds, I can attest to this as well. (laughs) So I could ramble on about Power Rangers all day. But before I get into that mode, um, why don't you two tell me a little bit about your history with the Power Rangers? Personally, I was also a fan of Power Rangers when I was a kid. I had many of the toys. I had a big Rubbermaid bucket full of Power Ranger toys when I was a kid. I always wanted to be the Yellow Ranger when we played make-believe. I was very anti-girly things when I was a kid. So I was like, I don't want to be pink. I'm going to be the Yellow Ranger. So clearly I loved the Power Rangers. And one of my absolute favorite episodes that like stands out in my memory is Zed Waves, which is a season two episode. It's season two, episode 26 to be specific. It was like this weird radio monster. He looked like a microphone and he sent out waves to like hypnotize everybody so they were actually participating in a triathlon while this was happening and so then they didn't really get to participate in the triathlon very well when they get hypnotized the people walk around like zombies and they go hail lord zed hail (laughs) lord zed for some reason that like audio just like pops up into my head randomly like i'll just think about that And like at one point, I think Bulk and Skull also get hypnotized, but they say, hail Lord Fred, because they're stupid. Like, it's just supposed to be like a funny thing. I don't know. Like, that was my absolute favorite episode or like definitely the one that I remember. Like when I think of Power Rangers, that's what I think of. So what about you, Alec? I think Power Rangers was definitely a big part of my childhood. I watched it weekly. My brother and I watched a lot. I remember playing with a friend of mine from up the road and... For some reason, I was convincing him that it was a good idea for me to be the pink Power Ranger um, because, you know, that's normal. But yeah, like I remember liking it a lot, but I have forgotten a lot about the Power Rangers. So it was good to explore it again. Well, for me, I have more memories of when I was at school watching this. For our after school program, they would like set up a TV and just play like Fox Kids in the afternoon. So I would literally stop everything I was doing and just sit down and watch Power Rangers. Like they had these chairs set up and I'd be like, it's Power Rangers time. Time to go watch my soap, my daily soap (laughs) opera right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I also remember for a kindergarten show and tell, we had to bring in like one of our favorite things. I literally brought in every single Power Rangers toy I owned. (laughs) And that was my thing that I was like so proud of. The ones I remember specifically were these Power Ranger toys that like if you press their legs together their heads would flip so it would be like their power ranger mask and then it would flip to like their person i I had those so let's get into a little bit of the history of power rangers power rangers is based off of the japanese tv show super sentai super sentai has been running since 1975 so it's still going on today it's a very long running show it's still from what i understand widely popular Originally, Marvel Productions actually had a tie with Super Sentai, and they were going to bring Super Sentai to America in the 1970s. But that, luckily for all of us, fell through, along with Marvel Productions as a whole, which is very sad. I think they're doing okay now, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
So now we jump to the 1980s, where after a trip to Japan, Saban, who you might know as one of the creators of Power mm-hmm. Rangers, he saw the show constantly on a trip and saw it on the TV and was like, we need to bring this to American audiences. So originally in 1985, he wanted to create an American show called Bioman based on the Super Sentai series Bioman. <laughs> we're just fine. Um, but executives just like kind of weren't going for it. They didn't think American like audiences would like it. It seemed like it was going to be high production value. So they weren't into it. He updated his idea and he pitched it again with the idea of using American footage spliced with the Japanese footage to try and save money. They used footage from 1992's Zayu Ranger and that got greenlit. So they started making the pilot. So the idea is that it would center around five teenagers that were given magical powers uh, by an alien so they can combat an alien witch, because why not? (laughs) What a wild concept. So after that, they went into the audition process, which after being at a few Comic-Con panels, this audition for the original Power Rangers apparently was grueling. Like it was weeks long because they had to do acting auditions. They had to do like chemistry auditions. But they also had to do physical auditions because they wanted all these people to do their own stunts. So they didn't have stunt doubles for anything. If it's an American footage, it's the actual actors themselves doing. That's really impressive. Pretty impressive, man. So the five main characters are Kimberly, played by Amy Jo Johnson, Billy, who's played by David Yost. And both of them were actually competitive gymnasts, Mm. which was their kind of athletic background. There's Jason, who's played by Austin St. John, who holds a second degree black belt. Zach, who's played by Walter Emanuel, who was a dancer, which is why he liked break dance oh, fights. Right. And then there's Trini, who's played by Tui Trang, um, who was a kung fu practitioner. And the interesting thing about Trini is actually in the pilot episode, she's played by a completely different oh. actor. And they actually aired the pilot later on on Fox Kids at some point. And it was like a historical look back about how Power Rangers started. And you can go to YouTube and watch this, but... The first time the Power Rangers transform, they literally, <laughs> they morph their human bodies into like the dinosaur oh, yes. bodies. Like, Some animorphous realness. Yeah, like graphic design. <laughs> it's awful. I think you meant it's beautiful. <laughs> so Power Rangers itself premiered on August 28th, 1993 on Fox Kids. At that time, it was known as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It lasted three and a half seasons with the main characters shifting along with villains there's also one movie produced for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that came out in 1995. Which is a great freaking movie. And the soundtrack is like, it slaps nonstop. It's a slap attack. It's so good. I don't think I've seen that movie. Really? With the purple ooze? It's possible. I saw it like when oh, I was young, but so I love Ivan Ooze. No. He's great. He's fun. And then there's the woman in the bikini that's like twirling around sticks. And then there's oh, the yeah, bird. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Sorry. <laughs> I could talk about that movie for a whole episode. So we're going to shift back to this. (laughs) So out of the original cast members, uh, three of them due to financial disputes about like their pay and they wanted to join a union because they were being, they were being severely underpaid for what they were Mm -hmm. doing. They were doing a lot. The first season alone, I think had 60 episodes, which is like crap ridiculous. Yeah. And then the next two had like 50 some out of piece. So they were putting out at least a new show every week. So three of the main characters, which is uh, Jason, Trini, and Zach, left the show halfway through season two. The episodes leading up to, like, the transfer of power are great because they literally, like, got fired and left, like, on the spot. So the writers and people didn't have enough time to really turn around. 
instead of like immediately being like, oh my God, they're gone. Here's a story arc as to why they're gone. There's like 12 episodes that are just Tommy, Kimberly and Billy like doing story things. And you see like old footage of the other three Rangers, like talking about something else spliced in with like new footage that they filmed to try and cover the gap. That's so bizarre. (laughs) This show's an editing Marvel. We'll get into it. It's amazing. (laughs) I do want to bring up that sadly Tui Trang tragically died in a car accident in 2001. Mm. I think that she's a really great part of the original series. She's fun to watch as an actress. She does all the physical stuff great. I just think she's a bright spot in the original cast. And it's too bad that she passed away so early. I agree. And like, she just kind of has like an ease and she's very charismatic. The last thing she filmed was The Crow, City of Angels, I believe. Which, if you know anything about, is also like a cursed production. Yeah, Yeah, that's wild. um, Across the board. That's so crazy. Yeah. Very sad. So Power Rangers is currently gearing up for its 28th season, which is Power Rangers Dino Fury. It has had two movies, um, not including the 2017 reboot movie Saban's Power Rangers, because that's a completely separate entity. So that's probably too much backstory, but I had to say all that because it makes me happy. And you guys have to listen because it's my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's jump into this episode. It is season one, episode 12, Power Ranger Punks. I chose this episode because, one, it's ridiculous and it's so much fun. But the American cut of it, I actually thought was one episode about the storyline between Billy and Kimberly. Mm. And then the Japanese footage about them fighting the, we'll get into it, the terror toad, I thought was a completely separate episode. So when I randomly watched this, I was like, oh my God, this is like two of my favorite episodes mashed together because it's one episode. And I'm yeah, smart. I have distinct memories of the Terror Toad. Um, when I first started watching this episode the other day, I was like, oh, wow, I don't really remember this episode. But the second the Terror Toad showed up, I was instantly transported back to being a child. And <laughs> with when uh, we'll get into it, but the weird faces on the belly, it's just very, <laughs> very surreal. Yes. So this episode starts off like any episode should, um, showing off Jason's arms. And I just want to talk about that for a second. An ode to Jason's arms. Right? I was like, well, no wonder childhood me liked this show. I was like, look at those arms. I mean, they're nice arms. Good for him. Yeah, they're so nice. Well, and I mean, this is kind of about just the Power Rangers in general, but I always just love their clothing. I mean, they must have just gone everywhere and been like, oh, okay, men's red shirt, gonna buy it. Men's blue shirt, gonna buy it. Like, because they exactly. just were like, well, we have to have, Billy always has to be in blue, so we gotta get a bunch of blue shirts. Like, so I love that they are color coordinated because there's just yeah. something about monochromatic looks that is underappreciated that I really love. Like, I love like how they, it's like, oh, I'm gonna wear a blue and white striped shirt with blue shorts. That's a cute look. We should bring it back. We should. I love so many looks in this episode, and I will talk about the standout ones to me because it's me, and of course I will talk about fashion. But as a costume designer, too, I think it's so smart, the fact that they color-coded each actor so that as little kids watch mm. this, even though that they're shifting like into these costume characters, you're still like, well, that's the yellow person there's, and you're yellow over there. You're the same character, mm-hmm. and I won't forget, even though I'm like four years old. Yeah. And I think that's just so smart. It's yeah, so simple. it's definitely a tradition that they've done in the performing arts and everything for years and years, you know, the color coding, even if it's just like, oh, the villain wears a specific color that a way the audience can track them, even if they change costumes or something. Yeah, it's a really smart move, especially for a show geared toward kids. 
And speaking of the yellow outfit, because there's a reason why I chose that one to use for my example. Trini's first outfit is so cute and anyone would wear it what she's wearing. It's a lacy, like, yellow sweater. And then she has these floral, like, thigh-length bike shorts on. Mm -hmm. They're so cute. And then she has, like, the little ankle socks and, like, little white tennies. Trini crushes it this episode with her outfits. She looks She crushes it in every episode she's in, honestly. She does. So the plot, they're playing volleyball. And then we do a cut to Rita Repulsa's lair. And Babu, one of her henchmen, is creating this juice, which he calls punk juice. Also, I think it's funny because when I went back to watch this, I don't feel like I realized that Rita Repulsa is clearly just like dubbed over. Like, oh, yeah, I did not figure that out until I was older. I guess I didn't know. I like as a kid, I don't think I ever remembered that. Like, I didn't notice it at all. I so I was it watching I was it and I was like, oh, wow, this is like, because I knew that they used the footage from the original show, which is clearly not in English, but like, I just, I guess I just never realized that she wasn't speaking English and that they just dubbed over her with the English speaking person, you know, like an act, like a voice actor. And so I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so funny to watch now because I was a stupid kid and I didn't even think about this. <laughs> um, in season two, they switched the main villain from Rita Repulsa to Lord Zed. Mm-hmm. So Lord Zed is a completely American Power Rangers constructed villain. Okay. He's not in Super Sentai at all. So they had to do full American footage for like this villain as well, but they wanted to keep Rita in. So she like wants to woo Lord Zed so that she can still like have some sort of power. And so she puts this cream on her face to make her look young. And that's how they like show the recasting of the character. So they found someone like they found a Japanese actress to play Rita Repulsa. But then they're like, this is younger Rita now and that's how we're gonna say that we recasted this character and season like, one Rita is iconic honestly I was watching the beginning of the first I actually watched the whole first episode just to kind of be like oh what was this about when it first came on and the explanation of like the space dumpster and everything is wild and yes I just <laughs> like there are days when I just want to go live in a space dumpster you know <laughs> Space dumpster sounds like the next thing that's going to happen in twenty. Yeah, honestly, yes. we're going to find a yeah, space. Dumpster. I wish I was in a space dumpster now. Like, I don't know why she wanted to leave it. So Babu makes this punk juice, and then he hops on his old timey bike and he rides that to fly to Angel Grove, and then he puts a couple drops into some of their drinking water, and to distract them, he sends in the putties. And I love the putties. I stand the putties. <laughs> They're great. The putties are just like people wearing morph suits like which i want is that why morph suits are called morph suits is because they look like they're from power mm. rangers because like i never thought like about you know that. how like that's what that thing you can buy at the halloween store it's just like a sock like body a sock, yeah. spandex bodysuit yeah. and they're called morph suits but like it's like they just bought a bunch of gray morph suits and they were like oh we'll put a design on them and there you got putties also putties are literally the dumbest i mean i love them in power rangers but like they're the worst villain ever because you can just like did they start the like thing where you could just hit them in the one spot later on? Because I don't feel like they did that in this. That's season two. Okay. Which is my favorite thing in season two. They're like, we have stronger putties. They're Lord Zed's putties and they have a giant Z on their chest. But their weakness is punching them in the Z on their chest. <laughs> and that's it. And then they just, dis- they just very like, disintegrate or whatever. Zeal. Oh yeah, when I was watching <laughs> yeah. the first episode, I remembered that the whole point of the putties is that like they make them out of clay put them in a special oven and then they come to life and i was Mm -hmm. yeah i was really we'll get to finster 
I I stand Finster so much. <laughs> he he affected my life greatly. So I also want to point out the masterclass in editing film footage that this fight scene is. Because they're like, hey, we don't have enough footage to actually cover this one minute fight scene. Let's replay the same footage back to back several times. So we're punching the same person like three times instead of the one punch we actually <laughs> oh, yeah. did. And the sound effects of like the metal clang yes. hitting against the <laughs> I've never understood how when they hit someone with a fist, like a body sparks appear. It, it's wild to me. They're punching people so hard. That's the friction from their punch to the body. <laughs> so Babu drops his little potion into the drinks and drives off. And he's like, mm, drink up, power geeks. That's <laughs> a pretty good like, impression, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, he's amazing. And then the most amazing part of the episode happens. And the most amazing acting I think I've seen in my life is that yes. they're tired after there the fight. For this? Right? <laughs> so they're tired after the fight with the putties. So Kimberly and Billy go over and they grab the drinks that Babu has spiked and they drink from them. And then they're magically turned into Power Ranger punks. What are your guys' thoughts on these acting transformations, <laughs> these two... I mean, I just felt like both of them came straight from, like, the Stella Adler school. They were so good and in touch with their characters. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I specifically, like, before this happened, I wrote down a specific quote, which was, boy, those drinks look good, which, like, Billy says, like, as he's, like, walking <laughs> over to, like, and that's before <laughs> they get, like, spiked or whatever. But Kimberly's yeah. like, I brought some drinks for you guys. Boy, those drinks look good. And then they immediately change into these punks after they drink it. And I mean, I will say for children's television, I think they do a good job because it's, you have to do everything so over the top. Yeah. Immediately, Kimberly and Billy are like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're punks now. <laughs> I do want to say about the drinks too, of them being like, these drinks look so good. I'm pretty sure it's just water. Oh, yeah. They look like it's water, water cups. It's just it's water. water. It's water. <laughs> I don't I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead but the next day when they're at school their punk costumes are amazing and I wish they wore those outfits all the time yes Kimberly especially looks awesome yeah I just wrote in my notes those punk looks though (laughs) I have a lot of feelings about these punk looks (laughs) (laughs) talk about them Kimberly's pink romper is fantastic with like the white uh color blocking through the front and then it has like the little sweetheart top with like the little collar thing pulled down over it. I'm like obsessed with a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Anyone could wear that today and people would be like, you look great. Yes. <laughs> you look yeah. amazing. Billy, on the other hand, <laughs> this look is so bad, but a part of me is like really into it. <laughs> the blue glasses though. I mean, those are also like totally uh, something that people would wear now. I mean, it's like a Billie Eilish outfit. Yeah. I do like that evil people tuck their shirts into their underwear, though. I agree with that (laughs) statement. These are facts. With Kimberly's evil acting, she laughs like she's Yoshi, and it makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) So Kimberly flirts with Skull and asks him out on a date. And oh my god! Which, by the way, Bulk and Skull look like they're 40 years old. So it's really funny because the rest of the, I mean... The rest of the Power Rangers, they look young. Like, they're younger yeah. kids. Like, But it's like, as soon as Bulk and Skull walk in, I'm like, this is, I mean, you know, which every show I watch when I'm from younger, you know, from when I was younger, the teenagers are always not teenagers, for sure. I mean, that's like, I mean, like, Grease, for example, like, 
when you watch Grease now and oh it's like God. all these people look like they're in their 40s. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah. But Bulk and Skull look so old and it just cracks me up. Like, especially Bulk. He just looks like a grown-ass man. So it cracks me up that they're in high school. <laughs> well, and my hot take with these two characters is that, I'm sorry, like, yes, they're kind of mean. The Power Rangers bully these kids like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Bulk is... Yes, his locker is really messy and everything falls out. But instead of being like, hey, do you want us to help you clean up the mess? They're like, look at this fat kid with all the popcorn in his locker that just fell out. I wish I had that much food in my locker when I was in high school. Like, that seems like a dream. Well, like Billy and Kimberly go up to them. They start this whole thing. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but they're also bad in that. They're not good. But also, I want to talk about Bulk and Skull's uh, theme song that plays every single time they show up ever on the show. And I miss this era of television where characters had their own theme song. And also, I wish I had my own theme song. So every time this plays, Mm. it just cracks me up. It's like... (laughs) It's so, like, slapsticky, which I I love. Like, it sets up for the physical comedy that's gonna happen it's smart there's a lot of weird stupid editing and stuff but you can tell the production designers on the show had fun with it oh yeah yeah which is why a part of me thinks it still holds up i do want to talk about two fashion things from this hallway scene that happens is zach has these amazing black yellow green and red color blocked pants yes that are so freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the black t-shirt with the rolled sleeve. Yeah. And then he has the Africa like, yeah. necklace on. I mean, the whole look all together is just like a sweet look. <laughs> yeah. The fact great. that like his color is supposed to be black and they constantly don't make him look like a goth kid mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. fantastic. Whoever is putting these looks together is fantastic. Like, yeah. Like so I good. was trying to weigh the implications of making the black actor, the black ranger. But then I think it's really fun that part of his personality and aesthetic is kind of that black pride and like using those African colors to infuse into his character and his look. I will say this, this is not like sidestepping the racism from the weird color coding that's happening. Sure. Yeah. But one interesting thing about it is that those actors did audition specifically for those roles. So Mm. Zach wasn't like randomly like, Oh, they're putting a casting call out for a black person to be the black Ranger. He read the description was like, I'm going to audition for that role. Trini wasn't supposed to specifically be an Asian woman. Okay. Because in the pilot, it's a white girl that plays her. So Tui Train Uh got the role after the original girl left. So the last thing I want to talk about in this hallway scene, though, is again, just like little gay Casey being like, oh, is when Billy like picks up Bulk Mm -hmm. whenever Bulk says something like rude to him. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, Billy, (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) He's super strong. He's a Power Ranger. Yeah, but he's supposed to be like the nerdy one. And I was like, good for you. Look at those guns. Look at those arms. I know. I always think it's funny when they just like I because I was watching some of the first episode as well. And when they describe like why they picked people, it's like Billy's like smart and intelligent or whatever. And it's like he has glasses. And then Kimberly, it's like her (laughs) attributes are like beauty. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I mean, that's right. They're really going to see you through that helmet. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, it's like you're beautiful just like a fucking pterodactyl was. Like, sure, okay. (laughs) After the hallway scene where we see Billy and Kimberly acting like punks and interacting with Bulk and Skull and everyone's kind of like, what's going on? Rita wants to send out a new monster. So we see Finster, who is the person who creates all the monsters out of the different clay and putty. 
and they're talking about the cool tarot toad that he's making that will destroy all of Angel Grove, which if you look, he's actually making the pudgy pig who came out several episodes before because they didn't have the footage of him making a tarot toad. So they just used oh the God. pig footage. <laughs> also, Finster inspired me as a kid to like make clay models. Like I made all this clay stuff as a kid, like constantly like cups and wands and all this different stuff. And I was like, I want to be like Finster so bad. Did you ever have a creepy crawlers thing? No. It's like the boy version, the quote unquote boy version of the Easy Bake Oven. And I think I only felt comfortable asking for it because I wanted an Easy Bake Oven, but I also needed to feign masculinity as a child. But the worst part of it was that they weren't edible, but the creepy crawlers were great. You can make little like centipedes in it, but maybe that'll be a different episode. (laughs) Well, the only thing I remember about creepy crawlers is like the theme song was like creepy crawlers. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think they had like glow in the dark ones too. They're really cool. Anyway, so they send the Teratode to Earth, and Zordon's like, "We need to stop the Teratode." So Alpha brings all the Power Rangers to the command center, and instinctively knows for some reason to put Billy and Kimberly in this cage, which is just fluorescent lights because apparently fluorescent light bulbs can stop evil. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it creates a invisible barrier that you cannot penetrate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then Zordon tells them that as a young lad, he found this magical squash that would be able to heal Kimberly and Billy. And they show this great footage of this guy in this awesome, like, white outfit fighting some, like, putties and then taking out a squash. And apparently the squash can also, like, scream really loud as soon as you pick it out. The sound this makes is... (laughs) Have you... What's that vine with the little girl that, like, makes that really high squeaking sound it's like and like it echoes do you guys know what i'm talking about Mm -mm. no idea god damn i'll have to find (laughs) it later that's what it makes you think of the sound it makes is ridiculous and it's just this screeching sound well and luckily it doesn't harm good people but it kills putties also this just shows that jk rowling has no original ideas and that she just stole the mandrake roots from power rangers we don't talk about her on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm dragging her she who will not be named. <laughs> yes. Right? Then they send out Jason, Trini, and Zach to fight the Teratode while Alpha is like, I'll go get the squash for you, Zordon, because you're just a floating head. Uh, <laughs> and I love the juxtaposition between the Japanese footage of like young Zordon getting the squash and then Alpha walking on like a room full of trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> So I I stand Alpha. Alpha is so cute and bumbly, and I just relate to him so much. Maybe not the cute part. But. Props to the person that has to wear that outfit because, like, when I was oh watching God. them walk yeah. around, because they don't. I mean, really, like, you don't see Alpha walk that much, like, from far away. Mm-hmm. Like, Alpha's basically in that circle like all the time. So, like, Alpha does a lot of hand move acting, but like, yeah. not a lot of walking. And so when you saw in going to get the squash i was like oh my god they look so adorable walking around but like i felt so bad for whoever was asking to wear that outfit because i'm sure it's just like so difficult to walk around in but it was great alpha is clearly a gay robot you can tell by his panic and his voice you can tell by how he acts and his mannerisms talking with his hands and then when he walks away is like took me back to a little gay boy the first time i put on a pair of heels (laughs) from my mom's closet and walked around and that's how he always walks yeah He's just a little gay boy, a little gay robot. But <laughs> Did you turn into Alpha whenever you put on the heels? Uh, yeah, specifically. I put like a plate on my head, pretended it was a little <laughs> helmet. 
just wore a frisbee and called it good. Right? <laughs> he gets the squash, which is just like a root anyway. It's not a squash, but that's fine. So Alpha makes the mixture, which literally is just water and a couple drops of juice. But he is very proud that he made this mixture himself. And I'm happy for him. And so he gives it to Billy and Kimberly. And they are turned back to the good old teenagers that we know them. <laughs> Should we mention that meanwhile, the other three are fighting the terror toad, which is a creature out of my nightmares, which shoots his toad tongue out and pulls them into his stomach. Like they turn into like little light balls and they go into his stomach and then their like faces are like decoupaged on his stomach in this terrifying <laughs> yes. manner. It's frightening. He's like a trash can, like the ones that you put your foot on, like the little pedal on the bottom flips up. Same, same. <laughs> But that's like how his jaw works. It just like yes. flops the very back. It's not connected to anything, which to me is terrifying. But also the special effects when he eats people <laughs> with like his weird laser tongue. Yes. And they turn into a ball of light. I love. I think it's amazing. Yeah. We yeah. need more of it. <laughs> so then Kimberly and Billy join the fight. But at this point, I believe um, Zach and Trini have already been eaten. Yes. Yeah. And they get there just in time for the Terror Toad to literally swallow jason whole he doesn't get to be turned into a ball of light he is just like I bet casey wishes he could swallow jason whole <laughs> i almost knocked everything over <laughs> well something's gonna be edited out <laughs> no that's staying in boo boo but yes he swallows jason whole it's some little shop of horrors stuff right there i mean like that's what it reminds yeah. me of immediately yeah Billy has this amazing plan that he's going to shoot the secondary mouth on the terror toad. Because obviously, if you have a second mouth, that's your right. weak spot. Well, the, like, well, clearly. Zordon told him, like, that the weak spot was below his chin or whatever, so. Well, yeah. I think he said to remove the horn. Yeah. And they do that right away. Well, they said, he said remove the horn, and then the weak spot is under the chin. I mean, like, he told them. Oh, okay. But um, my favorite part is that in this moment... Like Billy says, like, oh, we need to transpose ourselves. Yes. If we just transpose ourselves, you mean like switch positions? And I was like, look at that vocab lesson for the children. Like, what is right. also like that is the most useless thing they could have done. I know. They're like, like, oh, oh we let's just... just swap sides, but have a conversation about it. Like when I was watching the episode that I talked about, the Hail Lord Z episode, there was another moment where they like clearly were like vocab lesson. Like, did they do that often? Like, were they like basically defined a word like <laughs> so part of me wonders like if billy's character in saying these words is like this is your educational yeah moment. exactly now let's go stab a demon <laughs> that makes sense billy jumps in and tries to slash its mouth and of course it's like uh you're jumping right into my throat so i might as well just eat you whole and it does and billy's gone so Apparently he's not so smart. Yeah, but Billy doesn't even get turned into like a ball of light or whatever. He's just, he goes in as a human. Just like Jason, swallowed whole. <laughs> yeah. Insert jokes here. <laughs> so then Kimberly is like, well, how about I be smart for a second? And I have a long range weapon, my power bow. I'm just going to shoot the thing in its second mouth. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, my one weakness, arrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it just starts exploding into sparks <laughs> is this the episode where they do that weird shot where like it flies through the forest yes that shot is ridiculous she shoots it in the mouth and she frees everyone first and they all come out in balls of light they all get into formation and they're like kimberly shoot it and she's like i just did but okay let's do it again <laughs> all right rangers now let's get in formation <laughs> 
the camera angle is that it's literally someone who has the camera holding the arrow as they're like running through the forest and then taking it to the tarot toad where it falls into its first mouth, not its second mouth. And then it just explodes. And that's how they defeat the tarot toad. Yes. And it's a beautiful <laughs> moment. That's what I love about uh, this show. And I guess just children's TV is I love like when the bad guy just like disappears, like, cause it's like no real violence, no gore. So it's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> a puff of smoke and the and it's gone yeah if only we could live in that world in anything like this because how else do you dispose of a terror toad body i mean like so thank god it just disappears because like <laughs> well first you have to get a vat of acid yeah. <laughs> how scary would that show be if then they had to show like them decomposing a body <laughs> it's like breaking bad meets power rangers yes. <laughs> oh man that'd be wild it destroyed so many bathtubs <laughs> What's that actor's name from uh, Breaking Bad? Ryan Cranston? Yeah. He actually was a voice actor for some of the monsters in the original Power Rangers oh my series, God. by the way. That's amazing. That's so yeah. good. And I believe in the Saban's Power Rangers in 2017, he also played Zordon. So tie into Breaking Bad, just so you know, it's already there. <laughs> so Love good. It. They don't show a lot of gore and violence, but the real violence is how they treat the bullies at the end. Yes. I'm so upset for them. <laughs> That's a hate crime. Right. So we go to the youth center, which is also a juice bar. And that's where everyone hangs out because it's cool. And Bulk and Skull show up. Skull's like, hey, Kimberly, ready for my date? Let's go paint the town red. And she's like, ooh, gross. I know you you were evil and you don't remember, but you asked him out. This is my same problem I have with Oklahoma the musical, where you can't be mad at someone because you don't like them, but you asked them out on a date. I was getting um, like... (laughs) never been kissed vibes like Josie Grozy from uh, this part. Also, before we move on, we immediately need to talk about Kimberly's outfit because <laughs> she is wearing a pink leotard with a blue thong, like a straight up thong. And it is so ridiculous and I love it so much. I mean, I know it's like acrobatic <laughs> costume or whatever, but it's like still like, I was like, this is children's television. Like it's such a weird outfit. Like, it just cracked me up like as soon as i saw it i was like oh my god this is amazing and i love everything about it (laughs) oh i completely sorry jumping way back trini in the hallway her outfit was my favorite outfit of the episode because she's wearing like yellow high-waisted pleated pants a yellow tank top and then like a tie front white collared shirt with french cuffs on it she looked amazing (laughs) I just, That's I stand so much. But also in this, I think she also has another like yellow Leo with like a tie front shirt. Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, her, it's, again, it's like, she's wearing basically the same thing that Kimberly's wearing. It's just that Kimberly also put a thong on, on top of the leotard. <laughs> so like, because that's Trini's thing. like Kimberly you went one step too far yeah. wait don't um, you always put a thong over everything you wear too <laughs> um, what's Trini this year is outside underwear <laughs> yeah. Captain Underpants so then Bulk and Skull are obviously upset because now they thought they were going on a date but it was taken away because Kimberly is like sorry instead of just saying I don't want to go on a date with you she's like I would never date you and I would be offended too if this happened for yeah. someone who just asked me she's out she's like I'm sorry you're 30 years older than me and that's pretty fucking <laughs> gross so I'm gonna have okay well that part's true <laughs> besides the age difference that's definitely bullying oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly but then they're like well, let's show you in a game of volleyball and somehow like bulk tries to hit the ball and then falls into the net and then everyone laughs at him and i just feel bad for both of these guys the whole time yeah and that's 
the end of the amazing episode of Power Ranger Punks. <laughs> I love that we talked about the episode for longer than the episode actually was. There's so much to unpack in this episode. There is a lot to unpack. Yeah. It's just like a vault of 90s nostalgia. There is so much here. It's so great. All right. So since this is Generation Why Am I Like This, Casey, tell us how Mighty Morphin Power Rangers turned you into the person you are today, other than being very gay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, very gay. Jason's arms. No. Uh, (laughs) Power Rangers, oddly enough, has substantially affected my life and shaping who I am today. In my teenage years, stopped watching the show because I was like, I'm too cool for this. But my senior year of high school, my friend Kevin actually had like bootleg copies of the first three seasons and we would go over to his house with some friends and would just like jokingly watch the show but it turned from a thing of like this is so bad to be like no this is so much fun and it started this big thing i have as an adult where entertainment doesn't have to be good to be entertaining and power rangers is really like the focal point of that for me where it's like i can love something and know that it's not necessarily like you know, award-winning quality. But if I like it and if I'm entertained by it, that's what's important. That's what matters. That's the big thing to me. Amen. And on top of that, I think the 10th year anniversary or maybe the 15th, they re-released the original Megazord uh, to like Mm. purchase as a toy. And I remember like a Christmas or something for some reason I was at Walmart and I saw it. And so I bought it. And it was kind of the first time as an adult I bought something that's nostalgic and it really just like sparked this kind of fun joy for me just to kind of see this like memorabilia item from my childhood just sitting around, which sadly sparked a big thing in me to collect Power Rangers. So as Liz <laughs> stated earlier in the episode, mm, when we lived in an apartment together, I actually have a massive collection of Megazord's toys from Power Rangers. And I'll put a photo in the as mentioned to kind of show what I'm talking about. And so it sparked this other part of like my adulthood too, like nostalgia, but like kind of a joy of just collecting childhood memorabilia. I also have like Sailor Moon toys and different things. And they just, it makes me happy to see. And Power Rangers really unlocked the thing of just like do things that make you happy just because they make you happy. They can be frivolous. They can be stupid. They can be unimportant to other people. But if it's important to you, just do it. And that really like is a huge lesson for me as an adult. And it makes me a better person and just more happy. So I love it. What a lovely lesson. Yeah, that was like, it's so sweet. (laughs) Before our final segment, I just want to remind all of our listeners that we do have a visual companion. We have a Twitter and an Instagram where we will post photos to kind of correlate with the episode that we talked about. The Twitter is at why am I like this? And the Instagram is at why am I like this podcast? And it's spelled the same way as our cover art. (laughs) And the actual name of the podcast is spelled on this episode. You can also email us directly at whymylikethis at gmail.com if you have any questions or any suggestions of what you might like to hear in the future. Let's wrap it up with many good things. So I recently watched a film called Yes, God, Yes. Um, And this is a new movie that... uh, I think it ran the festival circuit for a little bit um, in 2019, I believe. Um, And so it's now finally making it to like VOD and some things like that. And like my local movie theater, you can rent movies through their website right now. And so that's how I saw it. I don't know how available it is on like Amazon and things like that, but you need to find this movie and watch it, especially if you went to Catholic school 
like it's a coming of age story, but it's from the perspective of a young girl in Catholic school who goes on a Catholic retreat. And it just was like cracking me up. It's uh, so funny. It's really well done. Uh, it's I feel like it's kind of like a bit more of an indie ladybird. I mean, it would be a great double feature or actually a triple feature if you did Ladybird, Yes, God, Yes, and Saved. It would just be like mm-hmm. a beautiful triple Saved. feature. But yeah, this movie is so good and I highly recommend it. And it goes really well with the nostalgia because it's set in the early 2000s and all the clothing is amazing. So highly recommend. I love that. I recently discovered through some recommendations from friends the TV series Kim's Convenience on Netflix. I am obsessed. I've been watching it with my partner and we're about halfway through the second season and it's just so good. I don't often see a sitcom where I'm immediately in it to win it from the very first episode. Usually the first season is a little floundering. They're trying to get their footing, but I think that it's starts strong uh, and it just keeps getting stronger. Uh, it's super well-written. The cast is very talented. It's very funny. And uh, on the turn of a dime, they can turn it into a very emotional moment and a very touching moment. So I highly recommend if you anyone listening has not seen Kim's Convenience, check it out. It's on Netflix. It's such a good show. So I'm sweet. obsessed with it. It's so yeah. good. So my many good thing this week is actually a YouTube channel called Drawfee. That's D-R-A-W-F-E-E. Um, they used to be tied with College Humor and uh, another channel called Dropout. A few months ago, um, the five people that actually work on it were laid off from College Humor. So they were unemployed, which was very sad. And it was kind of up in the air what would happen to them and the channel. But just a couple weeks ago, they were given the rights to the channel themselves. So they're able to still produce their content for this Drawfee channel, even though it was originally tied to College Humor. Um, it's super fun and entertaining. It's about four artists, and they each have a different drawing subject that week. So it, the last one I watched was a mashup where they had to draw a cat as a D&D character. <laughs> and it's really fun to see each of them take these different topics and put their own spin on it. And they all have different drawing styles. And then they're all really funny in their own right, in their own way. My favorite person on the show is Karina. She's hilarious. She's obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh! And so she brings (laughs) it up a lot. And even on her Twitter, you can see that she has like a five-foot cutout of Yu-Gi-Oh! in the background. And it makes me happy. She's hilarious. I would give it a watch if you can support their Patreon because this is their job now. And I think they deserve to make all the money they can off of it. It's pretty fun. Awesome. And that is our episode. Thank you for listening to Generation Why Am I Like This? And next episode, Liz will be hosting. Yes. And I'm talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ooh. So be ready to be inducted into the Midnight Society. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.